The patient experience is absolutely inseparable from the outcome. Life-changing medicine must be accompanied by a life-changing patient experience. In episode two, Joy Garrow touched on the topic of professionalism and how sometimes patients and families need caregivers to be more than just professional. Providers need to show empathy and connect with patients and families on a personal level. This episode, Dondra Jones, Vice President of Patient Care Services and Chief Nursing Officer of UPMC East and UPMC McKeesport, shows how even when we do things correctly and by the book, we can still fail our patients. What do we do when we follow procedure but miss the mark? Here's Dondra. You know, I think about that we spend a lot of time working with patients and, and developing interventions for life-saving skill set that we make sure that we improve the quality health status of our individuals, that we decrease health disparities. But I would also suggest that we also need to make sure that we provide that same care and compassion at the end of life for individuals, for the individual as well as their family. And also that we learn so much from our most difficult situations. So I want to share with you a story, an event that happened with my team at UPMC McKeesport. On June 14, 2017, around 6.30 in the morning, an unidentified gentleman was brought to our emergency department in full cardiac arrest from a motor vehicle accident. The EMS team had worked on him for a long period of time out in the field and brought him to UPMC McKeesport because we were the closest hospital in the vicinity. Our team quickly went into action and tried resuscitation efforts, but due to the severity of his injuries, the gentleman actually passed away passed away before we could make identification of this gentleman. So our team then followed all of our policies and procedures and guidelines, made all of the notifications that we are supposed to make. We called CORE, we called the medical examiner's office. When we spoke to the medical examiner's office, they said, okay, we're actually going to have to come and get the gentleman, but you continue to try to make identification and connect him with his family. So we did that working with the local police, and then the medical examiner office called back about an hour and a half later and said, do you have any more information on this gentleman? At that time, we still didn't know his identity. And so they said, we'll call the local police again and see if you can find out any more information. We did that, still no information on who this gentleman might be. So we called the medical examiner's office again and said, we have no identification yet on our, on our patient. They said, that's okay, we'll come and get them and we'll help to make that identification. So our team, feeling like they were doing the right thing, we turned over the case to the medical examiner's office. This is about 8.30 in the morning that day. Around that same time, I received an email from one of the most caring individuals I know, my ED director. And it shared with me, he shared with me that there was a situation where an unidentified, approximately about 18-year-old gentleman was brought to the emergency department following this motor, motor vehicle accident. And he had actually passed away, but we were unable to make identification. So if you hear anything or somebody out there looking for their loved one, please send them to our emergency department so that we can connect them. I remember when I got that email, my heart sunk. I'm a mom. I have children around that same age. And I couldn't believe that somebody's life was totally going to be impacted and some parent was going to have to hear about the loss of their child. About 2.30, 3 o'clock that afternoon, a mom walks into our emergency department looking for her son. 
She had heard that her son was brought there and that he was there and had been in some sort of accident. We still didn't know the identity of the gentleman we took care of earlier that morning. So the team didn't want to share the wrong information with the wrong individual. So they placed her in a room to wait as they made some more phone calls to see if we can find out the identification of the gentleman we cared for earlier. I can't imagine waiting in that room, waiting to hear the outcome of what happened to my son and where's my child. I'm sure one minute seemed like one hour, two minutes seemed like two hours. I later found out after I talked to this mom that during that time she was waiting, she received a phone call, a phone call from her husband that said, where was she? And she said, I'm at McKeesport Hospital waiting for to see Gregory, which is her son's name. He said, come home, Gregory's not there. So she left the hospital before we got back to her, and she went home, and her husband delivered the worst news that she could ever imagine, was that her son had passed away and was now at the medical examiner's office. So she immediately goes to the medical examiner's office to find out more information. She needed to see for herself that this was truly her child. When she gets there, she learns in Allegheny County that there's rules and procedures that you don't get to see the deceased when, they, when they're at the medical examiner's office. No matter that her husband was a police officer, that she was a nurse, she still could not see her child. So when she described the situation to me, she said, I waited two and a half days until I could validate for myself that this was truly my child. And when she saw her child again at the funeral home, she said, Dondra, it didn't seem like him. He had an autopsy was done. He had stuff on his face. She didn't get to kiss his cheeks and she didn't get to count every little freckle on his face. And so she, after the services, she filed a complaint, a complaint at UPMC McKeesport saying that we stole away the most precious moments of her life and that we did not, that we sent her son to the medical examiner's office too soon before identification could be met. So we took that complaint, we looked at our policies and our procedures and looked at documentation and everything was in order. So when we provided her that feedback and said and gave our condolences and shared, but we followed all of our policies and procedures, that just really upset her even more. And so she, what did she do? She turned to Facebook and she wrote comments on Facebook and shared with everyone about how she felt she was treated, but looking through the eyes of a mom, not looking through the eyes of the healthcare provider. And she shared with, uh, with people that she felt that she, her, she was disrespected and her family was disrespected, and we took away the most precious times of her life. So many people saw this post. Friends of mine saw the post and sent it to me. And it was shared, I'm going to tell you, hundreds of times. And I don't know what you guys do, but when I get in a tough situation like this and I have a huge patient concern, I am so glad I work for UPMC because we have resources. We have people that we can collaborate. And the person I collaborate with was Tammy Manier and her team. And we actually looked at the situation. I shared with Tammy what happened, what we did, what we said. And she got the ED advisory group together with Denise Abernathy and team. And we looked at it and said, how can we do this different? But we have to meet with this mom. So we did. 
Her mom, the mom's name is Mrs. Sudik. We met with Mrs. Sudik and Mr. Sudik with my ED director, the medical director of the emergency department, my patient and employee experience strategist. We had a meeting and we talked, we cried, we prayed, we held hands. And then I said to her, what do you recommend that we do? What can we do? She's given us a list of things to do that we continue to work on today. But one of the things she said to us is, you know, if you would have waited a few more minutes, Allegheny County Police would have came in and they had his cell phone. And you could have put his finger on his cell phone and looked in his contact list and then you could have seen mom and called me. Seems so simple. She said, oh, by the way, if you can't get into somebody's contact list, if you have an iPhone, there's a health app in your phone that you can put your emergency contact information in, and that way healthcare can, providers can just push that little button, access emergency, and see who to call in case of an emergency. And she sat there, and she taught me how to put in my information into the cell phone. She told me to make sure I go home and put my children's information into their cell phone. The strength that Mrs. Sudik had at that moment to share with us some resolution on what we could do so that no other family had to experience what she experienced. She said to us when we had another meeting with her, with Sue Martin and Denise and I, she wants UPMC to be the leader and really helping other organizations learn about what to do when you present it with a Jane or John Doe in your facilities and make an identification. And so with that and the help of the Wolf Center, we launched the ICE campaign in case of emergency. I hope you've already seen it and this is something you've already seen out there and maybe just didn't know the story behind it. But we have flyers and material that's been over the infinite, on the internet, and blogs, sharing about how to put in your emergency contact information. Mrs. Sudik and her family would love for us to go out and present to commu community organizations and education areas to make sure that everyone knows how a cell phone can help to connect us back with their loved ones when someone can't speak for themselves. So my hope and my ask of you is that you would Go on to Yammer, as Stacy talked to us about yesterday, and you will find the ICE flyer, and you will put in your information in the, into your cell phone. And, but you will take that and put your loved one's information in, as well as spread it out in your communities. And join us as we help to remember Gregory Sudik and the ICE campaign and through the Wolf Center. This always reminds me, though, of the words of Maya Angelou, as always said that people may, all, may not remember what you said, they may not always remember what you do, but they will definitely remember how you made them feel. So I think it's up to us to make sure that people feel the best that they can feel, even in their worst situations. Thank you. You've been listening to Life Changing Moments. If you like what you've heard, tell your friends and let us know in our Yammer group, Life Changing Moments. For more information on how you can create a better UPMC experience for our patients and your colleagues, search UPMC Experience on Infonet. Life-changing moments are everywhere. What part will you play 